afternoon, good day, good night, my friends. This is Bottom Tier, a Flesh and Bottom. Blood podcast. I am Greg. I am Matt. And we are super excited to be bringing you the second episode of the podcast, slightly delayed, unfortunately, from our uh, planned release schedule. Uh, friends, I have some terrible news. Uh, I got the plague. Oh, no. The plague? The plague. Oh, my goodness. One whole plague. One whole plague. It was not. It was not a great time. Did not have fun with that, Matt. Please, please, everybody out there, it's still going around. Stay safe. Yes, it's been kind of crazy because I mean, it's still a real thing, and people are just going out there going crazy. But hey, mask up as you go, play some cards, all that type of stuff. It's a real thing. Exactly. But hey, still, don't be afraid that much. Get out to your locals, mask up, be safe, play some cards. All right. So let's just let's let's <laughs> play. Jump right in, Matt. Let's talk about... Uh, I'm excited for this episode, Greg. Man, I am too. We actually planned it out this time. Uh, we have a much better idea of what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, we're not just, you know, in a room talking to each other. Like, going off uh, on tangents, looking like crazy people. Well, we'll we're probably still going to go off on tangents. Perhaps, let's be real about perhaps. it. Um, so let's, uh, let's, you know, let's just jump into kind of our main topic for today. Um, Flesh and Blood is a relatively new card game. Yeah, it's been, been out for, for a couple years. Yeah, it actually, like, it's very interesting you started with, ah, I got the plague, or COVID, <laughs> right? Uh, because it's flesh... to avoid the demonetization. Yeah, right. Flesh and blood uh, actually ended up uh, starting during the pandemic. Really the best time to launch a trading card game, I mean, in my absolutely, opinion. yeah. 100%. And so it's been really interesting, the story of Flesh and Blood, because it was meant to be a competitive game, and it is a competitive game, and it's been able to withstand that and be released during that time period and continue forward, even though people think sometimes that TCGs can't make it. So, right. Flesh and Blood is an amazing card game about heroes fighting to the death. Which really, who doesn't love a good hero fight, right? Right. I love it, you love it, the American public loves it. Like Dogs love it. Dogs love it, cats mm. love it, birds love it. Yeah. Marmosets, ferrets, how many animals can we name? Um, so, to, uh, to get us back on topic and away from that random tangent... Um, let's talk about, uh, really, I guess, the foundational uh, sort of question uh, for any trading card game, and for us specifically here at Bottom Tier. Um, how does one even get into this game? Exactly. Um, yeah. we, we all start somewhere, and that somewhere is usually the bottom tier. Yeah. Um, as a result of that, I think it's really important that, uh, that as we start to actually get this podcast going, um, we talk about sort of you know, where the game is right now, how accessible it is, mm-hmm. um, and uh, really just some good, some good common sense techniques and advice on the prospective player who may you know see it in a local or hear about it online or you know uh, message boards or whatnot um, and think to themselves, oh, that's really cool. I wonder how I do this. Yeah, let's answer that question. How do we do this? How do we get into it? And so yes. There's a lot of ways, and I think what's really cool about Legend Studios is they have made it super easy and accessible for everybody to get into Flesh and Blood. Now, the way that what I think is really neat is you and I have only been playing for about two months, mm-hmm. and I think we got introduced the same way. I got introduced by a friend who said, hey, I'm playing this thing, and mm-hmm. I said, hey, I will join you on this journey to help you become top tier as I remain <laughs> on the bottom. And then I really liked the game, and then I showed you, right? You did. Just yeah. stopped by my office one day. Hey, Greg. There's a new card game if you're into it. And it was fun, and we played a lot, and the way we really got started was, uh, and I didn't even know about it, I started by buying a Blitz deck, which I think we could talk about as the first topic, is Legend Story Studios has created kind of quick starter decks to be able to play. So we have Blitz decks, 
the new set Uprising just came out a few weeks ago. almost said months, but a few weeks ago. And Uprising has two Blitz decks for their new heroes, Fi and Jermai. And so you could actually go to your local game store, pick up a Blitz deck, have your buddy pick up a Blitz deck, and be able to play just straight from there. And it's only like 10 or 15 bucks for these decks. Yeah. Um, some places may be a little more or less expensive depending on, you know, the market and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but 10 to 15 bucks as, you know, to, to get not even a bad deck. It's not terrible. No. Um, a lot of pre-cons are like, you know, gimmicky or not put together particularly well because that sort of archetype, I think, relies more on like rare or expensive cards. Yeah. Um, but from what I've seen and what, from what I've experienced, because my first purchase was a Blitz deck as well. Yeah. Um, the the blitz decks are actually perfectly usable, especially in a casual uh, sort of environment. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, they balance those decks to be able to compete against each other. So if you pick up a Monarch Blitz deck and Uprising, you are going to be able to learn the basic functions of that hero and be able to do that. Now, the only thing that I think is bad about the blitz deck is they don't really have instructions inside that deck. It's just a box that carries cards. And so in order to do that, you're going to go to the fabtcg.com, and there are rules on how to learn to play. Well, they, they, they give you a quick start guide in the in the box, don't they? Not in the Blitz decks. Really? Yeah, so not in the Blitz decks. It doesn't really give you a I quick start guide. Recall yeah. That. yeah, so uh, Uprising is a little bit better. They have like two cards that kind of explain what you're looking to do. Oh, nice. Okay. But if you want to learn more, they actually have good videos on their website and a quick like rule set to be able to print out or read right on there. But right next to that, you're going to see a little button that says, Welcome uh, Ira deck. And this yes. is something that I think Legend Studios does really well, is they want you to be able to play this game free of charge. And so you can actually go on there and print out an Ira deck that uh, you can use on your own, but you can also go to your local LGS and ask, do you have any Welcome Ira decks? And they usually do. And you have a free Blitz deck, or a little bit smaller. It's about 30 cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same as like a sealed format to be able to play uh, with Ira, the Crimson Haze, and kind of learn the basics of that ninja class. And just sort of play around with the rule set, learn yeah. how to start managing resources, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, combo keyword is Ira, right? Yeah, combo keyword. Yeah. It was very confusing the first time we saw the combo, but they did have a little thing that kind of show you where to put your equipment, all that type of stuff. There's a little how to do card in there. But I do think mm-hmm. it is important That's to do the... Of. I think the biggest way to do it is to be able to watch a video and see someone else be able to play. A little bit of research will take you a very long yeah. way. Mm-hmm. So those blitz decks are a great starter point. I really, I really enjoy those, and uh, the Welcome to Ira deck is is an excellent starter point too. Um, but I think what um, what everyone loves to do, and what everyone thinks about TCG, and like what kind of got my friends interested is there's a craze going on online just watching people open booster packs. Booster packs, booster boxes. Searching just, for the cool stuff, yep. right? And so you can buy a booster pack, or you could buy a whole box and just build a deck from there too. Yes, you can. Um, I've done that before. Uh, I picked up a box of Monarch, uh, mm-hmm. and literally I built two decks out of that box. Yeah. It gives you enough cards to be able to build like a quick little Blitz or, or even Commoner deck, which we'll talk about in a second, yeah. to be able to kind of learn to play that hero as well. And instead of paying $15 for that, you're paying $80 for a box, but you'll probably get a taste of every hero and be able to see that too. And then, if, especially if you start getting really into it, 
it allows you some of that flexibility to then go back and try some different strategies. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with you know your pre-constructed decks or with just buying a couple of packs, you end up with a handful of cards that kind of lock you in, I feel like, mm -hmm. to a certain sort of strategy. Um, but one of the beautiful things about this particular game is that each hero has uh, a couple of different viable roles and techniques that you can apply to the hero and the deck um, in order to... Uh, don't hit your mic, Greg. In order to... Uh, <laughs> in order to play with that a little bit. So, real, again, having more cards gives you more options, um, but that requires a little bit of a buy-in. So it's a little bit of a trade-off, I yeah. feel like. Um, if it's something that you're just sort of casually into, you're just playing with a buddy every once in a while, maybe you don't need all that. Maybe you pick up a Blitz deck, you grab a couple of booster packs, you've got your Ira deck, and you just sort of go from there. Um, but then as you kind of start to get into it a little bit more, yeah. the, the ramp up is, I feel like it's slow enough that you don't go from spending nothing to dropping a couple of thousand dollars on stuff yeah. uh, right away. I'm, I'm maybe 300-ish dollars in right now, um, and I have enough cards for, I don't know, 10 decks? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you're right. Like, there is a huge cost you can be able to spend to be able to get get cards, and I I think what Flesh and Blood, it's not the most ex it is the most expensive TCG out there. I would say actually, I think Flesh and Blood's pretty pricey as far as getting like the legendary equipment and everything like that. Uh, the card costs are pretty heavy, and so when you buy that box, you might be able to pull a legendary, and you might be into a hero that's not what that legendary is for because those legendaries are based off different things. Absolutely. So, so I was able to pull, uh, got lucky and was able to pull different cards in a box that I got or got lucky and accidentally got a case for a box price. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a good story. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Ask him to tell that. Sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I will. Uh, but uh, I was able to pull some like good legendaries, be able to sell that to be able to get the stuff that I needed for my, uh, for my decks. Which is, which is just nice. Yeah. It's just nice to yeah. be able to sort of recoup some of that cost and put it back into the game, really enjoy yourself. Um, the biggest thing for me is that even when you get some of the cards that you look at and you think maybe, you know, I don't really need this, I should try to liquidate it, even if you end up not doing that, if you hold on to it and you stay with the game, um, eventually you'll hit a point where you go, you know, I really want to try this hero. And you, uh, and you already have one of the important pieces of equipment for it. Yeah. So it, it really, no matter which way you go, it kind of gives you the leverage, provided this is something that you're into. Since you're here with us at the bottom tier, uh, you know, listening to a podcast about it, we have to assume that you're at least a little bit into it. Yeah, right? Yeah, if you're here and you're like, man, I kind of already know this, like, awesome. But if you don't know this, this is a great, like... Hopefully we title this well. We're like, no, oh, this is the perfect first episode. People can really get into the hobby, right? It's really good. Uh, so there's something I, I wanted to touch on too. Like we talked about price. Like mm -hmm. we're going to, I'm just going to give an example with uprising. Let's say you want to get into Fi. I know Fi really well, so I can probably speak to that a little bit more. Yeah. So let's say you want to get into Fi. And so you need to get standard equipment to be able to play Fi at a high competitive level because you want to start doing roads to nationals mm -hmm. or you want to start getting into that competitive scene mm -hmm. and maybe you don't want to be bottom tier, right? But Why would you not want to be bottom <laughs> right? tier, Matt? Yeah, where, right. where is the joy in being top tier? Right. 
But uh, you can start with the equipment that's there. I mean, you have the sash of Sankai that gives you one resource that's comparable. Yeah. You have the Tide Flippers that gives uh, two attack go again, right? You, uh, If you buy the Blitz deck, you get like this thing that lets you shuffle your hand. But if you wanted a competitive deck, you are going to be rocking equipment that's a little bit different, like a Phylon Spring Tunic. Uh, right now, it costs $150. Yep. Right? You have the uh, Masco Momentum, which is another $135. You have uh, the Shuko, which I think it might be lower to $100 now, but maybe $150. That, that's an expensive piece Your because it's Ninja. Yeah. You have Tiger Stripe Shuko. And then you have Snapdragons or the Tide Flippers. That's, that's the cheapest one there. But you're right there, $500 in, right? Give or take. Yep, right? and that's before you even actually start focusing on a deck. Right. Like, that's just equipment. Yeah, that's equipment. Because that equipment, like, the mask is super important because it pressures people to be able to to block you at certain points so you can filter out their hands or not and get an extra card and then just force them to block you at a different point in time. So, like, that stuff is really competitive if you wanted to be able to go higher up, but you don't necessarily need it. You get away with getting a Mask of the Pouncing Lynx to be mm-hmm. able to build some combos, which is about $15, Right or ten, I forget the price, but Something I mean it's like a, little, that, yeah. a little bit cheaper, right? It, it's definitely not one hundred and fifty bucks. Right, right. And so you're gonna see like you have a lot of stuff there. And and what's interesting is mask and Findel Spring Tunic. They're both from different sets, so you have to go if you want to try to pick it. You got to go buy different boxes of Welcome to Wraith or even uh, I think it's um, Crucible of War is where mm-hmm. the tunic is from. Mm-hmm. And so that adds up to be able to try to find something like that. So I highly recommend buying singles. But if you're looking for something specific, singles are the way to go. Yeah. Do not trust the dice rolls. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's fun. Oh, it's a blast. With, but if yeah. you really need something. With that, I think we have a very adult community that understands that we uh, can't afford things. And so at your local <laughs> at your local game store, right? Like our community is like really cool because at your local game stores, your local side of things, you can say, Hi, I'm new. I want to play competitive with you. Um, do you guys mind if I proxy? And yeah. proxying is a really good idea for you to be able to, A, really learn your hero and see if you like it before you commit, and it's free, right? The bottom tier top tip, do not be afraid to proxy your deck. Yep. There is no need on the planet to drop 500 to to $1,000 on a deck that you have no idea whether you're going to like or not. Yeah. Feel free to play around with it. Most people at your locals will be 100% fine with it. Yep. Um, the only time that it matters is if it's an actual, like, qualified... Of, so, like, armories, no one... Even the local game store isn't going to be too upset about proxies. You are paying $5. It does give you ELO, all that type of stuff. But you'll be able to do well there. But if, as soon as it's a road to nationals or a bigger event like that, they're not going to allow you to have proxies because you need a deck list. You need to prove that you have the cards. Yep. But in order to get into that zone, understand what you're doing and work towards that, proxying, I think, is 100% the way to go so that you don't have any costs out of pocket, learn your hero, see if you actually really enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's nothing worse than thinking to yourself, oh, I'm going to love this, and putting it all together, putting the work and putting the time and money into it, and then realizing halfway through your first game that it's actually awful and it doesn't work for you at all. Yeah. And then you're invested to this huge degree and you have to then try to, you know, if you're lucky, liquidate the cards back and get your money back if you can. But then you're out time and effort and fun because right. you've played deck, you've played games now with a deck that you don't get any enjoyment out of. Yeah. So even if you end up winning, for me, I still wouldn't be having a good time. Right. So like for example, when I first got into it, 
I didn't really know what hero to pick. And we can talk about that too, is picking a hero and all that type of oh, stuff. Oh, we 100% are going Yeah. To. But like I started with Bolton. Bolton is a really good warrior. Uh, he can have, he, start, he has hatchets in the blitz deck. He also has Bolton sabers or also can have Raiden, which is a lot of different options for Bolton. But he's a warrior light. You charge your soul. Uh, that was the deck that my friend said, hey, you should get that. It's really easy barrier to entry, all that stuff. But I played it got cards for it, did all this stuff. I was like, I'm going to just stick with Bolton. And I, because I was like, it's a hero based game. If I play my hero more, I like it. And as I kept playing, I was like, I'm not really enjoying this. Uh, I ended up falling more towards like blitz and like making a KO deck because it's chaotic and weird yep. and doing all that type of stuff. But like Bolton wasn't like my favorite thing in the world. And then when Uprising came out, I had the opportunity to play, be able to play Phi, and I actually was like, wow, I like doing a lot of things. <laughs> I like the doing a lot. The more complicated, the better, I'm ha- the better time I have. Yeah, the more, like, the more I could just throw out seven cards for no reason, having a good time. <laughs> so like now I'm building Phi, and it's the most excited I've been on deck building. Like I just was like, oh, I'm going to spend extra $100 on the cold foil Phi. Absolutely. You know? Why not? Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's, there's that too. So you need to find your hero. And I think the best way to do that is again, the proxy as we talked about, uh, I, I, when the meta was coming up, I built a proxy Lexi deck. Mm-hmm. I built a proxy. Um, I think I did like a proxy Oldham deck because I wanted to learn like what Oldham was all about. And it just helped me understand the hero more and what I like, what I dislike, how I could go around it, how I could learn it, all that type of stuff. So it's, it's definitely like. It's one of those things where I think, like, as human beings, we look at the advice and go, it's like getting into Dungeons & Dragons. I can speak to this. You get into Dungeons & Dragons, everyone goes, you should play the module instead of homebrew your entire Uh, world. Every time. Every time. And you're like, you're killing my joy. And then you go (laughs) and homebrew your entire world, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I haven't even played one session yet, and I've spent 34 hours to be able to write this novel that this I... This is so I, horribly complex. How do I balance yeah. these stat blocks? And it was like, oh, my gosh, my players, I did all this prep work, and they only went to this one place. Then what they the killed heck? everyone there. Right. None of the backstory has been explained. Right. And so instead of doing that, like, this is the advice of, like, I should never do that. Like... You're going to be around proxy and you're going to be like, this is a good idea. And don't do the crappy proxy where you like write the name on the piece of paper. There's a oh, website. Yeah, yeah. There's a website. Use a work printer. If you don't have a printer, uh, like there's a friend that has a printer and just print it black and white. It will give you all if the If you information. don't have a printer, send us a message on Twitter at bottom to your pod. We'll print it out. We'll send it to you. Oh my gosh. We'll priority mail that thing to you. That's, that's the offer right now. United States only. Uh, lower 48 only. Uh, state of Arizona <laughs> only. Oh, we'll find out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but still, we seriously, we want you to try this. We want you to get into it. Um, however you have to do that, please do it. This game is a blast. You're clearly here because you're interested in it. If you haven't made the jump yet, if you don't have the 15-ish bucks to buy a pre-con blitz deck, proxy some stuff. Proxy. Get out there. Experiment. Go a little crazy. See what works. Yep. Don't be afraid to try the weird strategy. There's so many resources. Like there's uh, fabdb, fabdb.net, and you can uh, go ahead and type in uh, LT, L2P, learn to play. Mm-hmm. And there are people that have made L2P commoner decks that you can proxy, or you could go buy really, really cheap because I think every card's like one cent in it, those decks. They're all common, so all at, common. at most you're spending 10 cents. Yep. And so you're going to go and make that deck, and you're going to learn that hero really, really well. And so 
I think the best way to really get into this game, the quickest way to do it, and the way that I've been introducing people to it, I didn't do it. F- I did do it for you. I said, you go did. to the website, look at a hero, look at all of them, and be like, man, that looks cool. And let's try to build that deck. You picked one that's a little bit harder to build. That's more expensive. Uh, yeah. Baby doll. Or what is it not baby doll? Is it baby doll? It, it's data, data doll. doll. Baby doll. Baby doll? Baby doll, Come baby. Come on, man. <laughs> Makes me feel very uncomfortable. Uh, data doll, uh, which is a very difficult blitz deck. Tricky to play, tricky to build. Exactly my kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, pick something that you think sounds great. So I've done that for a few people, and I told tell them to pick their top three heroes, and then uh, I've been willing to build out decks for them, right? Which is really cool. Yeah. But also you can do, like, you find your proxies and you build those decks and then you just play with those heroes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really tr- get your friends into this too, guys. Um, you can absolutely start off by going to every LGS in your area and jumping in, you know, the deep end basically. Um, but really, I don't recommend it. Matt, do you recommend that sort of thing? No, because you're going to get a little irritated because everyone's been playing it for a while. Exactly. You're just going to get your butt kicked the entire time. So find a buddy, talk to a sibling, uh, a significant other, go out on the street and ask one of the hobos. Yeah, you know. they Here's 20 bucks. Let's play a card game. Oh, my gosh. You're A, solving the job crisis in America and exactly. playing a we're, great game. We're creating new industries here, Matt. Yeah. The, uh, the card-playing best friend industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to kind of uh, to piggyback off of what we're talking about there, about uh, you know, ease of access to the game, uh, things like you know, finding what works for you while still sort of you know, following some of the general wisdom, in the in the community, um, let's talk about um, who do you think are some of the easier heroes to get into? Because at this point, we have a bunch of different heroes. Yeah. Um, some of them are very niche, um, and some of them are very you know obvious but trickier to play. Yeah. Um, so if you were talking to a complete newcomer right now, if they were sold on playing the game and they asked you, what do you think I should start with playing? What hero? What would you tell them? That's a really good question because there's a lot of elements in everything. But I, I think that the easiest heroes to play are are from the pack Welcome to Wraith. Um, I would tend to agree with that. And so the reason being is because it doesn't mix up new things to do because there's extra mechanics in Tales of Aria and Monarch. They add light mm-hmm. and dark in Monarch. They add Shadow. the elements or shadows. Sorry. Uh, the elements uh, in um, in uh, Welcome to Aria, and what is it called? Tales of Aria. Tales of Aria. There you go. Welcome to Aria, Tales of Aria. <laughs> <laughs> but they're doable too. So I think your your best bet, literally, they, they did that classic battle set, which is another great way to get into the game because it actually has a play map for you to play. And it's, stuff. A, it's a little on the expensive side. 50 but, buck entry. But two it, decks. it is two decks. Uh, you got some good cards in there. Cold foils too. Like you get the right? whole experience. But uh, 50 bucks gets you that, but playing Dorinthia and Reinar, I think, were very purposeful for that because mm-hmm. those are some of the most basic, but also have like a little bit complexity and trickness to them as well. They're, they're, I don't know that I would call them basic. I, I think straightforward yep. is a better way to put it. You know, Reinar, your, your typical brute, hit it hard and then... Intimidate. Yeah, exactly. Just get rid of the cards, hit the opposing hero... You're good to go. Yep. Um, and then Dory is a little bit more complicated in that you kind of have to work the weapon count a little bit. Yep. 
but still very straightforward because that's mostly what you're doing. You're mostly supporting those sword attacks. Yep. Um, when you start getting, I feel like, into uh, some of the later heroes, especially in Tales of Aria, yeah. where the elemental, where the elements start coming into it, and you're just doing fusions, and you have four different card types in your deck and all that kind of stuff, um, I feel like uh, that is a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, the first deck that I picked up was a pre-constructed Blitz deck yep. um, for Chain. Uh, and Chain is... Uh, man, Chain is great. I love Chain. I got very lucky and I found a hero right off the bat that I really vibed with. Um, but Chain requires that you do a lot. Um, you have to activate his ability basically every turn yep. uh, in order to get the effect that you need for the cards. You have to know in what order to play the cards to get the effects that you need in order to activate other effects of the cards. Yep. And then you end up banishing a bunch of cards every turn as you activate his hero effect, um, which oh. results in both having to play both from your hand and from basically a discard pile. And you have to keep track of the blood debt, which if... Uh, if we're unaware, if there aren't any chain players in the audience, um, when uh, certain shadow or runeblade, or I, I think it's just shadow, shadow and shadow runeblade, yeah. um, cards are in the banished zone, they incur a blood debt, which does damage to you yeah. if they're in the banished zone at the end of your turn. So after a couple of turns, if you don't clear out your banished zone, you end up taking five or six yeah. damage. Right. And especially in Blitz, that's, you know, that's most of your life. Like you're taking huge percentages of damage there. Um, whereas, you know, something like Reinar, like here's a buff card. We're going to swing with a tree. We're going to put something in the arsenal and we're going to draw. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Like if you didn't understand, like hear like what Greg was saying completely, like, because it was just like, that was a lot. That's exactly how you feel as you pick up one of those more complicated heroes. But with Dory, it's just focus on playing your sword and all the cards in your hand are going to affect that sword to be able to hit, right? And then you go forward. Reinar, I have a card that hits you for this. I'm going to intimidate a card from your hand to be able to go from there. I feel like it's very basic, rudimentary, still has that flesh and blood feel, and it's a pretty epic battle between those two. So I think, I think though, there are easy heroes in every set. Like, if you don't want to play a Brooch and you don't want to play Dorinthia, you could have an easy hero from every set that's good to pick up and be able to go. And so, like, not only is, I feel like those are great, but in Crucible, like, I think Warrior is a great class in general. Right now, you yeah. have Dory, you have Kasai, and Bolton, I believe, are the three Warriors. I don't think I'm missing any. No, that sounds right. Uh, Bolton, I would argue, is the easiest hero in Monarch to learn because, again, you're just focused on uh, playing some cards that are light, where it's like, you attack, and you get go again, and now I'm going to attack you with my weapon, right? <laughs> I'm going to charge my soul. Charging your soul is a little bit weird, but it explains it on the card. You put a you put a card into your soul, and then it activates and gets go as again, and then you go again. And so that's really easy. I think Bolton's the easiest for that set. I think for Crucible War, if you decide to buy booster packs, uh, again, you can't go wrong with Kasai or anything like that. Um, oh, the one I've never played. I've actually never played this at um, Arcane Rising. Is that what oh, it's man. It went out of print before we got into it. I know, right? Well, they're going to print it again, most likely. I've, I've been looking for Arcane boxes all over the place. Yeah. They want like 120 plus yeah. bucks for it. It's just not worth the nah, investment nah, nah. for me. Nah. But, I mean, out of that, like you have Kano, which is a little bit more complicated hero. You have a Mechanologist, which is a little bit complicated hero. But they also introduced Azalea. And I think Azalea is actually a pretty easy barrier to Wasn't entry. Wasn't Viscerai also in our Viscerai's in there as Runeblade. Yeah. yeah. And so I think Viscerai is an easy Runeblade to pick up, but I actually think there's an easier Runeblade in Tales of Aria. I think that Briar 
for some reason, every time I've gotten people to really? introduce into the game, I think Briar has been the one that looks really cool for everyone. Like everyone that I've Briar talked to does goes look like, really cool. That's like true. Briar's like, oh, I want to play Briar. <laughs> and so I think Briar is actually pretty easy to get a handle of um, after you explain the fusion elements. Like as soon as you play, explain fusion, you're going to be good, the elemental stuff. Because the, the, the Briar things that really happen is like, you play a non-attack action, you you get two of them, you get a mark of lightning, you get go again. It's like, oh, easy. If you hit, you get a... Embodiment of Earth or whatever it is. You and it helps defend your blocks. non-attack actions. Yeah. And it's like, that's fairly simple for a Runeblade, and it has a pretty sweet, like, does arcane damage. And so I think that's a pretty easy hero to get into. I think that's the easiest one to tell Arya, because Old Him and oh, I, I Lexi are just that. like... Yeah. Huh. Lexi in particular is super complicated when you really start playing at a high level. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of moving parts with her. Yeah, and it's great. And I think all heroes are good. I think in Uprising, your easiest well, hero. most heroes are good. Um, there are one or two of the like really niche choices that I would sort of quibble with on that. Um, I'm talking about merchants, mostly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see a merchant, <laughs> just, get, just get ready, because we'll see why when they release their... It's definitely for when they release their... Like D and D style I, one. I genuinely have no idea how to play a merchant. I genuinely have no idea. They're they're all about making money. People out there who play merchants, you rock. I'm an intelligent guy. Matt's an intelligent guy. These are mysteries to us. Yeah. If you play merchant, please send us a message on Twitter at Bottom Tier Pod. We want to know why and we want to know how. Yeah. Because that limits your resource to just generics, which could be an easy way to get in the game, too, to be honest. It really generic. could, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah. the, the biggest thing there is figuring out how to utilize the hero power to the utmost. Yeah. But, I mean, a deck full of generics, generic cards are generally pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think that those are compl- like those are the easy heroes. If you're going to Uprising, if you're like, hey, I want to start with the newest set, the easiest hero is also like the meta right now. Phi wow. is easy. 100%. It's just like, I play this card. Does this damage? I play this card. I play this, this card. Damage. And now since I have these three cards out, I get this card in my hand. And now I play that card. And then you do more damage. Exactly. So Phi is really easy to get into and really simple. Uh, but like maybe that simplicity isn't for you and you want something complicated, so you go with Jermai. Or uh, Icelander. Icelander is the Ice- easier wizard. Yeah. Icelander, yeah. Wizards are complicated. Wizards be complicated. Anyways, that's kind of like the weird like thing is like really just pick the hero you vibe with, see what you look like aesthetically, and then let's try go try to play it. And if you hate it, go to the next hero that you think is aesthetically pleasing and go for that, and find something that gets you excited. Because ultimately, at the end of the game, your end of the day, you're playing a game, and games are meant to be able to help you have fun and alleviate stress and also make you think a little bit too. Like if you play sports ball, yeah. you know, <laughs> play, I love sports. If you ball. play any sports ball game, like you're having fun, but you also have to think about like, Oh, if I stand here, I defend a little bit better, all that type of stuff. You're playing exactly. The, ball, the, so. the tactics and the strategy become a part of the fun. Yeah. Um, the, the mental stimulation is really the biggest part of it. Um, along with, of course, being able to enjoy the cool art and the camaraderie oh, with your art. friends in the community. Uh, the art's gorgeous, right? Art's and, so uh, and and just, you know, generally having a good time. Um, which really, like, exactly like you said, Matt, it, it is ultimately a game. Yeah. And even if you're at the very tippy top of the top tier, if you're not having fun, what are you doing? I mean, I I, under, I respect the competitive scene. 100%. I, ex- I ex- respect the people that are just there to, like... 
Like, this is a new game. I'm going to win the cash prizes. Yeah. You know? I respect that. You probably play Prism. <laughs> That's cool. I respect well, that. Well, since you can't play Strava or Chain anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you're probably playing Prism. So whatever, man. So whatever, man. <laughs> live your life. Live bold. Live, live free. Yep. Um, so uh, good discussion, Matt. I feel like for our first kind of... Uh, kind of dive into a particular topic that wasn't all just us, you know, sort of no. sort of free-forming it. I feel like that was pretty good. That was a more organized part of it, but that's not the only segment we have. It is not no. at all the only segment. Um, so let's go ahead and just, let's transition into our next part. Friends. Oh, oh should we do like a, do, 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 lessons learned? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah no, we, 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 should we, we like really need like a, like a little intro sting that yeah, we yeah, play. Yeah. Uh, Lessons learned. Do you, do we have like a like a soundboard we could program some stuff? Into? I will in the future. We got something in the future. Yeah, once we'll uh, once some of that money starts rolling in again. Uh, no, yeah, right now you guys should really <laughs> see the setup because we it's a different studio. The sound quality might be different. Day two of the podcast. Day two of the know? podcast. We uh, we've downgraded to a folding table and, <laughs> and normal microphones. And uh, you know what? Hey. It's cool. It's whatever, man. It's Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Let's talk, Matt. Let's talk about what we've learned in the game recently. Um, hmm. I think a lesson that I have learned is, man, this is a tough question. Like, I know it's coming, but I <laughs> didn't prepare. prepare. Uh, so the lesson that I learned in this game is, like, when you, as we mentioned before, I think I've already mentioned it, is put in more reps. Just keep putting in reps of the hero. Going for it. Because you start learning the minutia of things and you start, as you do more reps, learning kind of where to block. And I think blocking is a valuable lesson you need to know of when to block and how to block and how to do all that type of stuff. And it's kind of tricky, right? That's yeah. sort of like pro conning in your head, especially when you start doing like events and things. You have to, you end up moving a little faster because mm-hmm. you are actually on, you know, a stopwatch basically, you're mm-hmm. on a timer. Um, so you have to very quickly be able to tell, okay, I have four cards in hand. They're attacking me for six damage. I can block the six with these two cards, but do I need that mm-hmm. for the next turn? Yep. What do they have in their arsenal? What kind of equipment are they going to pop and, you know, completely wreck my day on? Yeah. Um, it, it can get very complicated very quickly. So I'm 100% with you. Blocking is, is, is very simple to, like, wrap your head around the concept of it. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult to actually nail down the execution. You're, and that's the, the big thing is, like, playing Fi a lot. Like, if I block, am I able to do something cool with three cards? Is, like, the question I have to ask myself. Yeah. If I block with one card. Or is it like, man, these cards aren't very good for what I need to do with what's about to be coming at me. Is it worth, like, because, like, sometimes with fire, you're just like, I'm just going to take all the damage you're throwing at me so I can play. Yeah, exactly. And just get that so eight, sometimes nine, like, 10 card chain. Maybe this hand isn't as good, so I'm just going to demolish my entire hand and block everything so that I could be able to just draw four new cards and then take the damage this round and then play. And that has saved me some games. Like it's like, oh, I have a big turn. They're blot. Like they're just like, oh, I'm doing all this cool stuff. But then they draw a bad hand, and then you were able to kind of have. They, they can't do anything. The heart of the cards on your side, you know. <laughs> makes him, makes him, uh, rest in peace, that guy. By the way, right? Uh, yeah. Kazuki Takahashi, everybody, pour one out. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that's that's it. Block. Block. Learn to go. block. Um, the biggest thing for me right now is remembering to uh, to utilize my equipment properly. Um, I get so, like, in the middle of, like, early in the game, I'm pretty good about it. Yeah. I can kind of make it work. 
Um, I'm sort of cognizant, I guess, of the entire field. Um, but as things go, and I start feeling that pressure a little bit. I like hyper focus on just what's like in my hand, or if I'm playing like chain, which I do casually. Yep. Uh, you know, within the bandage zone and like managing resources and weapon attacks and all that kind of thing. Um, and I completely forget that I haven't, you know, used my chest armor this turn, or I haven't, you know. Uh, used the stubby hammers and got the little bit of a bonus yeah. on my low level attacks. Um, so for me, like that's, that's the biggest thing that I'm working on right now is just remember to really take advantage of everything that my deck has to offer. Yeah. Cause like, cause I sat down and I built this deck, right? I had, I had a strategy in mind. Everything's in there for, you know, a purpose. Yeah. Um, and not utilizing it to its fullest potential, uh, you know, costs you games. It costs you fun. It costs you time. Yeah, it really does. And, like, especially with some of the legendary equipment, they're going to require more paying attention. So when I wasn't used to having a tunic, that was my downfall. Like, when I went and played competitive, I just kept forgetting to mark up my tunic counter at the beginning of every turn, which is the only time you can really count up the counter. And I was like, oh, crap, ah, crap, ah. Like, I just remember, like, every time I got in my turn, like, why do I even have this? Forgot the tunic, forgot the tunic, forgot the tunic, right? I might as well have the other thing there so I could block. So you can actually do something with it, yeah. So, like, remember that. But once I remembered tunic, it was like, man, this game's totally different. And, like, I was able to pull something off that typically I wouldn't be able to do without the tunic, right? So you you remember that equipment. That's a good lesson. It's like Flesh and Blood is, is, at least as far as I'm aware, sort of unique in the fact that um, it's not all about just draws and like resource management and playing cards from your hand. Um, you have these sort of static or situational effects on the field just as a matter of course. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take like, you know, Magic the Gathering, for example, you draw your hand, you have some mana management um, and you have the stuff that you can play, yeah. but unless you're doing something with, you know, planeswalkers and stuff, you're not really managing a hero. And yeah. even if you are playing with a planeswalker or something in any of those formats or deck strategies, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just the planeswalker. You, have, you manipulate your counters, but you don't have to keep track of, you know, what the head equipment does. Yep. And is it the right time to use the leg equipment? And have I, sit, uh, you know, done what I need to do in order to use the weapon to its fullest yeah. extent? Um, so it really, like, even at a very basic level, it can be a very complicated game. Oh, yeah, um, for before sure. Before you even start looking at things like, like you know, block effects and the pros and cons of that. Or do I use my entire hand and have no arsenal? Or do I hold a card back, do a little less damage this turn, and, you know, build something up for the next turn? Um, figuring out the synergies and the timings is really the biggest, like... that. If you're going to learn this game, the timings, I yep. feel like, are the most important. It's it's really important out. in learning, like, you, when you build your deck, you run reps. Like, just run reps because you're going to get so familiar with the cards you put in there. And you're going to be able to find a way to go over it and pay attention to what makes you feel bad at the end of the day. Like, if you are drawing a card every time, you just go, ugh. <laughs> you probably shouldn't have that card in your deck, you know? Like, that, there's a reason why you keep going, uh, when you get that card in your hand. Absolutely. It's because, like, it just doesn't flow right. So, like, if you just feel great about every card and you're able to, like, what can I do here? Like, oh, this isn't the most optimal, but I like all these cards. Let me see what I can work with this. Like, that's a different feeling just going, uh, you know? Right, exactly. So, and w- one of the benefits, especially in this game, of playing kind of uh, against what everybody expects is that a lot of decks, especially once you start getting into events and things, mm-hmm. um, are really geared towards what, quote-unquote, everybody is playing. So if you come in with some random off-the-wall strat, the person you're playing as may or may not be able to actually deal with that. Yeah. Which can create some really interesting games. Yeah, and that's what just puts you 
on the bottom tier. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> that most of the time, yeah, you're not going to win anything, but you're going to have a good time not winning. Yeah, right? and really, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Um, so, Matt, uh, it, it's been a couple of weeks since we did this. It's been a couple of weeks since we've seen one another. Yeah. Um, what are you running right now? What? So, uh, what? Uh, Fi, of course. Yeah, I'm running um, Fi. And, and that's is, my CC right now. Is it just Fi, or do you have like other stuff, sort of like? You're mulling over that you're interested in sort of diving into. So right like, now I'm, where I'm, prim- are you right I'm now? primarily running Phi, and I think I finally have built something that I enjoy. It's it's pretty standard Phi deck list. Um, you saw you'll probably see a video where I'm running Kadachis in it, and that's my idea. I'm mulling over like as I'm using yeah. Commoner to kind of Test see what I want to do of the other stuff because right now I feel really good about the the fairly common like draconic only fire deck, right? Yeah. I have a searing ember blade. I'm able to do all that stuff. I have a few things to mix it up in there. Like I do have combustion point, which Ooh, is a nice. really good like card in there. I got my erase faces to be able to put in there once in a while. Um, and I've really felt good about my sideboard, but um, I think uh, it's interesting because I do have take the tempo in it. I think I saw a few deck lists be able to include it, but I decided to put take the tempo in just kind of on my own, which I was like super stoked on. Like I'm, going away from what I normally do is because it does five damage and if it hits it banishes a card and I can play it at the end of my next round and so I like playing that card to really push people if they really do indeed want to block me Uh, because it's only like if you've hit three times before right Mm -hmm. and so like A like if I throw that out there and they've blocked for Masco Momentum on like two slot then I can't really play it and it'll do anything for me but if it's they let the first two slots go through and I play that on my mask of momentum pull turn, Ooh, that means they're going to allow me to get two go. cards and they have to force two cards out of their hands to block it. And so I've been really like focused on like utilizing that, giving it, and just going keeping in. the pressure up as yep. much as possible. Yep. And so that's, that's the type of syndrome I'm going for with that. That's one of my, the like card inputs I, I'm really proud of and the deck's working out really well, been able to, to win probably half my games. Nice. But like, man, when, when people are like, I played a tournament where it's like, hey, you could win some money here. And I was like, cool. Let's uh, go. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And man, people were like, oh, I'm just going to bring this classic deck that I've mastered. And it was just like, oh, crap. I'm like, I'm in a league. The I'm whole in trouble. League. I'm in a whole nother league. Somebody hold my hand. I'm scared. But it was good. Like, I think uh, people who think Fi can get really stilled by Icelander now uh, are wrong. Like, I think, <laughs> I think that Icelander. Tell us how you really feel, man. I think Icelander is actually really easy to beat with Fi. Which is really interesting because like that is interesting. I would rather skip my whole turn and let you just like do your, on you do your little arsenal right and pass for me to have another like go at it and get rid of those frostbites like if you give me three frostbites probably not gonna play that turn probably just be like, cool if I have two blue cards in my hands I'd be able to play something yeah but if I have red cards I'll just pass let you go and then because I I'm banking on you forgetting that you don't have go again and I'm banking on you forgetting that. You have an instant that's on your turn, and I'm banking on you for like, like the max input is really like eight damage. That, like, Icelander's gonna do to me on a given turn on my turn, right? Yeah. And on their turn, it's like, you, yeah. So, I think Fi could be Icelander. I don't think Icelander's gonna really be. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I was ranting on that one. No, but you're totally good. That, that's, so that's, that's that's why we're here, Matt, to yeah. talk about yeah, these things. That's and a really new deck. But yeah, I, I think that's the kind of like what I'm excited about is fine. The other thing that I'm excited about is like I really love Uprising. I love the art of Uprising. Oh god, Uprising so, is gorgeous, right? So I think the next deck I'm going to build will be another Uprising deck, and I think I'll build Dramai out for CC. And uh, that's 
I, I'm working on a drum ICC right yeah. now, actually. Yeah. Uh, got uh, my first Uprising box a week or so ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout-outs to uh, my buddy Matt for dropping it off while woo, I had woo, woo. Uh, had the vid. Had the Roni. Oh, good times. Uh, but so, uh, open it up. I, I, got a, I got a bunch of dragons, and I'm really happy about that because uh, I'm, you know, I'm an old-school fantasy guy. And dragons are cool. And dragons are cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm super excited to get into Dromai. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm trying to build out uh, a Briar deck. Oh, nice. I, I really enjoy Rune Blades, just kind of as a, as a general sort of class. And, uh, you know, Viscerai, of course. Uh, oh, yeah, breaking news, Viscerai is cool, I uh, guess. Apparently the best ever, which... I've never played him, so I have no ability to comment it, on this. It but, was really uh, funny. We all had, over the place, apparently. We, shout out to Arizona community, because it was really funny. We were all Shout part out of, to Arizona flesh and blood, guys. You guys rock. Because uh, it was just funny to watch the Discord be like, oh, um, first try won a World of Nationals. Actually, two first tries won World of Nationals. And then everybody jumped off of whatever deck they were making. It like we had pe- we had a, we had a great mosh posh. Like it was great. It was I was so excited. Diverse, it was like yeah. oh I'm building Icelander. Oh I'm building Briar. Oh I got a Dramai over here. Oh I got like somebody was like I'm building Dash. Like people were going right? different. We had Lexis and the whole nine. Well, Bruce was like, everybody. oh yeah Bolton, I'm gonna run Bolton. Yeah. Which was crazy. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I was like, Visrai and literally like everybody's just now everyone is just running a Visrai CC deck and you're like, all right, that's so cool. Yeah, Pumped great to see guys. It. Very good. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Briar. Um, I like Rune Blades. Um, I have to buy, I have to buy some Aria cards cause I have never yeah. bought any Aria yeah. cards. So I don't even have a Briar. Uh, but <laughs> I'll hook you up after this. Appreciate that, man. Um, but she looks really interesting. I love the, the two tokens that she generates. Yeah. Um, I love the, uh, the elements that she uses earth and, uh, earth and lightning, um, so I, I think it's going to be really fun. Um, whether or not it's going to, you know, perform well, who knows? But I think I'm going to have a really good time doing it. Yeah. Uh, Briar's great. Like, Briar's doing really well right now. And her weapon is... The best. By and far the best Runeblade weapon. Rosetta Thorn, everybody. Uh, bottom tier, top tip. If you're playing a Runeblade, uh, get a Rosetta Thorn. Yeah. Until they make the next, like, cool thing, right? Right, exactly. Which will be the next set, which will, you yeah. know... Uh, and we got to talk about, I don't know if we have news in here, but we do have to talk about Dynasty. But uh, <laughs> with that, like, I think those are really good options and those are fun decks to be able to build. And let's get you some stuff for Briar. So, right. Yeah. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so you brought it up just now, Matt. Let's talk about the news slash current <laughs> events uh, is what I have it on here as. Uh, we really need to standardize these, these, uh, these topics. What do you mean? We need to know what we're saying before we say it. Yeah. 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 Okay. More planning. We just need to plan this better. Well, I think. I, yeah. So current events. Uh, I'll start. I think uh, we're a little outdated on this. So we don't need to talk about too much going yeah. on for like I, we might have talked about Bamless for Crown of Seeds and all that stuff, which is a while ago. I think you had COVID during that time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've been sick for a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. But with that, uh, uh, there was a cool interview on the Instant Speed podcast okay. with James White, the creator of Flesh and Blood. Very nice. Uh, and he name dropped the next set. Which was Dynasty. Ooh. Yep. And then he went on to another YouTube channel. Don't have the name in front of me, but look it up. It's this James White interview. And he said, I think I promised I would give you spoilers this time, right? So he dropped two huge informations. He dropped. I haven't heard this. All right. Oh, this wow. Is... Cool. He dropped that there will be a new playable class in the next set. Oh, man. Okay. One I'm that has already been that. mentioned. So there's Cleric, there's Assassin. Um, and there's a couple more people are thinking it's more on the assassin realm of what, Oh, alchemist. 
and I think something Alchemist. else. Yep. That could be interesting. Oh, and Bard. We haven't seen Bard technically. I okay, think. yeah, Bard. Fine. Uh, cool. But Whatever. those are like kind of like the four, and people are like, ooh, it's going to be one of these. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a Paladin too, something like that. Okay. Um, so We have some ideas. We're getting a new class. He also dropped that the Emperor of Walkai will be playable in the next set. Oh, man. If That's going to be good. I went and read the lore about Walkai because I was like, what is the Emperor? Who is it? Does it say Everybody, does it name drop? Check out the lore for this game. Yeah. The lore is yeah. ridiculously good. And this might be breaking news. I don't know if people put two and together. I don't know if another podcast has talked about this, but it distinctly says that the uh, the king or whatever of the Emperor of Walkai is a powerful wizard. So we're getting another wizard uh, in the way of magic. You heard it here, folks. Yep. First, folks. So it, we're getting someone that does magics. And I also think because this is another like Everfest type thing, because it's not quite a draft set, this could be the Starvo effect, but with Kano. Like Kano could be the emperor. We just don't know that. And that, he's the emperor. That would be really, but yeah. both, both from a lore perspective and from like a mechanics perspective, yeah. that could be really interesting. Yeah. So he would be obviously like this set's continuing the storyline. So we're going to see your draconic cards again. We might see some more elemental cards and we might see some light and shadow cards, but I think it's going to be more on the draconic way still because they kind of do supplements to kind of mm-hmm. match the last set that came out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to see, uh, the wizard be a draconic wizard, and that will be really interesting to be. Able oh to see. yeah, that would mm-hmm. be super fun. Add a lot of stuff to the the cards. So yeah, so there oh, you go. That's that's super exciting. See, here you to get here sick for a minute, and you lose track of everything that's important to you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. With that, the other news is Road to Nationals happening right now. Road to Nationals, guys! If you're feeling uh, if you're feeling brave, get on out there. We will not. I will not be attending. Neither will I. Uh, it's in Tucson. I, there is one that's happening later this month that I might be able to make, but I, I have to win some tournaments to maybe be stoked to be able to go play. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so Road to National is happening. They are giving away really cool prizes. So the top tier is an adult cold foil Icelander that Ooh, is beautiful. Very nice. Uh, very, very nice. And then, Talk about an appropriate cold foil card. Yeah, right? And then they also, uh, first and second, will both get either a Jermai or a Fi. Uh, first place picks which they want. Second place will get the one that's left over. Nice. Top eight will just get a random uh, Jermai or Fi cold foil. They are pretty, and I bought one. And they're great. Because I didn't know I would ever be able to get one. So they are fantastic. <laughs> Highly recommend. Totally worth the money. Road, then, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> how much? How much did you actually pay for that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. You heard it here, everybody. It's so much money. It's impolite to talk about. Uh, no. Uh, you know what? I did pay over a hundred dollars, and that as much as I will say. Uh, it wasn't. It was like in the middle. It was like I think it was one forty. Or nope. It was higher. I don't remember. <laughs> I did it, and I. Just did not just, look at my bacon. Just, just pulled the string and called it good. Yep. Uh-huh. I also bought the Cold Fire uh, Searing Ember Blade. Got that for cheaper. So we're good. This is, this is another t- uh, bottom tier top tip, everybody. Don't do this. Treat yourself. Don't do what I did. Uh, treat yourself. Also, don't do what I did. Uh, but it, not like that. Is it worth it? No. Was it cool? Yes. Uh, Sometimes being cool is, is worth it. Yeah. Right? Right? So right after Road to Nationals and during it, we're going to have Skirmish Season 2. Which I'm excited about. This is this is the first skirmish that I've actually yeah been able to be a part of. Yeah, skirmish is going to be really cool. And so the first we have two skirmishes coming up locally. Um, but you're going to be able to see either sealed 
So we're going to have some more Uprising Sealed. Mmm, tasty. Lots more Fies. Um, Lots more Fies. Fies for days. Yep. And then also, uh, it could be Blitz. So Blitz is coming back for a short moment. I'm so really excited with the poten- with the possibility that it's Blitz. I really enjoy Blitz for the most part. Yeah. Um, I know that that's kind of not the most popular opinion in the community. Um, yeah. Most people seem to prefer CC. Um, but I'm I'm a big Blitz guy. I, I like playing multiple games at a time. Yeah. And that's really difficult with CC because CC takes so long to get through one. Game. Yeah. Um, so you Blitz about half the time, half an hour or so. You can get a couple, three games in. Um, that that really works for me. Yeah, Blitz is great. And so I'm excited to see what that new format looks like because Vistra is out of it. We didn't really have yeah. any in our local community. But uh, for Blitz, like I want to be able to keep playing Ninja because I have some cards, right? I want to play in that category. So I'm probably going to be trying to run an Ira deck oh, for Blitz no. this season. You so. know what? I was thinking about putting together an actual Ira deck too. Yeah. Like, with, with the new Ninja support and everything yeah. and Uprising. I, I think that, you know if you're lucky enough to get one of the welcome decks um, that she could really, she could take off a little bit. Oh yeah. I don't think we're talking top tier, but it could be. Ira does have points. Ira does have points. It could be. I don't think it's going to be top tier, but nice solid mid tier. Love it. And you're having a good time. Yep. So that's, that's it. Like that's the news right now. Skirmish season's coming up. Uh, The play mats are amazing. You get a Phoenix flame, which I definitely need. Or a uh, or a um, the dragon Aether Ashwing. There you go. They also said for the mats, like Ooh. oh, sometimes the Aether Ashwing will look a little bit different on the play mats. So you can get you can get the the uh, Marvel Aether Ashwing art that's dark. Uh, oh man! If your local game store got lucky to get one. Oh so man! So that's T- cool. time to call every local and yeah, ask them and try to get that or pay a premium for it or um, pay a bunch online. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, that's exciting. Uh, and then, of course, they're going to be giving away, like, uh, the cold foil, like, the top things are going to be cold foil Fi and Dramize, but that's yep. Young Heroes. So you get some cold foil Young Heroes. Nice. Okay. So why I spend money for that? Maybe. Most likely. No. I have the hollow from the Blitz deck. It's really good. <laughs> so that's, that's about it. Uh, that's kind of what we're looking for forward in, in news. Uh, again, Visrise, top tier. Prism's Almost Living Legend. Uh, so Prism that's gonna, is almost living yeah. legend, isn't she? She's yeah. right there. Yeah. So if a lot of people really play Prism and get Prism Living Legend, then the only illusionist will be Jermai. That's going to end up being a really interesting, like inaugural Living Legend sort of tier. Like if they start doing like events and stuff where Living Legend is an option. Yeah. Because uh, Drago Chain and Prism, like, they all three counter each other. They were made the for the trifecta. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be neat. So it's just really curious on what's going to be the next Living Legend after that. Um, but with everybody jumping ship to Viserai, looks like we might have another Runeblade out there because people know, man, people my, love uh, Runeblades. My my money, Levia. Yeah, no <laughs> shout out to the Levia players. We have like I think every community might have that one Levia player who's just hardcore into and they're great and really they're really good. tough. They know their craft. So shout out to those people on Levia. So, anyways, guys, uh, this has been the bottom tier podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed it, that you got some good information, that you now know a little bit more how to get started in the hobby of flesh and blood. And so thank you for joining us. Make sure to uh, uh, follow us on the podcast app, whichever one you're doing. Yep. Uh, Leave us a review. That helps us out greatly. Please do not be shy with your thoughts. Just also, please don't be a jerk. Dude, you know what? I don't care. You can be a jerk. You can tell us thoughts. Be a jerk to Matt, but be nice to me. Yeah, Twitter. uh, You can follow us at bottom tier pod at bottom tier pod. 
Uh, you can email us too at bottomtierpod at gmail.com. But most of all, we just want you to have fun as we just have fun talking about this game that we love. So bottoms up. Have a great day. Thanks very much, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>